Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC. An equal housing lender. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Back with me, it's Colin Brister. At Colin Brister on Twitter, today's guest on Talk of Champions, Ole Miss men's basketball coach Kermit Davis. Colin, what's up, man? Not much, not much, man. It is. Uh, I know we're like still in quarantine or whatever, but it's kind of been a. Uh, it's kind of been popping off for Ole Miss this week. A little bit, a little bit. Chase Palm <laughs> of RebelGrove.com, the first to report that Mike Bianco has been extended out for four years. So good for Mike. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know that was the thing like. And I don't want to get too far down this road, but you don't extend the guy last year after he finishes a win from the College World Series, and you say, well, we need to go to Omaha more. And then a year later, they play 17 games, don't play a conference game, and then you push him back out to four years. That kind of just feels like maybe somebody realized they made a mistake, right? There will be a change in the bonus structure. So now super regional appearances, and he's had six super regional appearances, and Omaha appearances, only one of those will count more towards the bonus structure, unlike in 2014 when Ross Bjork and Mike Bianco, as you and I have talked about before, negotiated a contract that rewarded Mike um, for that appearance and was much more coach-friendly. So now it's a little bit more balanced, a little bit more 50-50, maybe weighted a little bit more towards the school as the bonus structure to where, we don't know it officially, but will be weighed heavily as far as Super Regionals and Omaha's. Sure, sure, and and, and that's fine. Um, I'm glad they, they, they got to the... Uh, terms and got it put out back to four years because frankly i mean you finish you know you host a regional and obviously lose to tennessee tech and then you host another regional and go to a super regional you go 16 and one this year i don't know how you don't have that guy out at four years uh when every other coach to my knowledge on campus is at four years so yeah it was something that needed to happen and, and good for keith and mike that they got that worked out it's kind of perfect timing had keith carter on the podcast last week talked about mike bianco at length and then wrote a story about it and that's kind of where all this jumped off. And then you see it happen a week later. So, hey, thanks, Keith. Good timing. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think it was as simple as they, you know, sat down and got it done. I think there was some give and take there, but it, it was something that, you know, I think over the last week felt like was going to get done. And and I don't know if it got done today or got done earlier in the week, but uh, it, it, they got it done. And, and it was something that, again, it needed to happen. Um, I, I thought it was a little bit of a mistake last year when you don't extend the guy back out to four years. And I think, I think we're seeing now that maybe Keith, you know, look, man, people make, I'm not going to say, you know, he thinks he made a mistake, but people can, you know, do things that they can look back a year later and realize, oh, maybe I didn't handle that right. And I think that may have happened here. Bryce Williams has entered the transfer portal. As much as I've talked about Bryce Williams being the next guy to leave Ole Miss basketball, kind of underwhelming when it actually happens, right? You've heard about <laughs> it on this podcast. You read about it on the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com. The basketball roster, I got a story up, omspirit.com and affiliate of 247 Sports, that the basketball roster could be finalized within the next two weeks. And Kermit Davis is the perfect guest to cover all of this. But I've heard some things in regards to the roster. Bryce Williams, of course, was the first domino to drop entering the portal. The next guy expect to either enter the portal or they explore options in ways to keep him but not count toward the numbers is Antavian Collin. Because after that, I don't know who the next obvious candidate would be. We've obviously floated some names before, but that was purely speculation. We always knew, as I've talked about on this podcast, Bryce Williams and Antavian Collin would probably be next. But Antavian could stay as they're working through some options. I don't want to get too much into that, but I've heard some things. Marcus Nyblack, however, did sign with Ole Miss in March. So if you do bring him on, if he meets academic eligibility requirements, you're going to have to get rid of one more. But here's the thing about Marcus Nyblack. The NCAA, yes, passed that one-year blanket waiver that allows for all spring student athletes to gain eligibility without having to meet typical requirements. I think they waived SAT, ACT scores but you had to meet the 2.3 GPA requirement. And Marcus Nyblack right now is falling short of that. So I expect in the end, while I think Ole Miss would love to have Marcus Nyblack be a part of the team, what they'll do is place him at a prep school for a year. So that should be some um, clarity for Ole Miss's basketball roster as it moves forward in the next few weeks. Yeah, it, you know, look, Kermit said that he had to go out, had to go out and add some toughness, and man, it feels like he's done that. What three grad trans? No, I don't guess they're grad transfers. Two all grad them, transfers: Demencio Vaughn, Romello White from Arizona State. They'll be right. eligible to play immediately. Robert Allen from Sanford. He's going to have to sit out because I think that transfer waiver that everyone was supposed to get, and there was a lot of momentum that that waiver was going to pass. I think all of the momentum has shifted completely to the other side. And a lot of that has to do with football to where now I don't think that's going to pass. So Robert Allen, he's totally cool taking a red shirt and he's going to, but the other two are eligible and they're going to start. Yeah. I don't think it's going to pass either. And and I think overall it needs to pass and it will pass, but I do kind of understand and and, and what the day we're living in that, you know, maybe right now is not the best time to pass it because are you, are you going to go get, you know, kids off USC's team if they can't have a football season this year. So I do understand a little bit of hesitation with passing it this second, but I do think it's something that eventually gets passed. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they, they've added some guys and, and give Kermit credit. Um, you know, there was a lot of people that, that wondered about, you know, some evaluations, which I think is fair. Um, but he said after the year, I've got to go get some, I got to go get some toughness. And from what it appears, he, he, he's accomplished that goal. Absolutely. Romello white by himself accomplishes that goal. He fits yeah. exactly what you needed. And I hadn't talked to you since this happened because it's, at this point, it's an old story. We talked about Romello White on Tuesday with David Brandt and last week reported on the Ole Miss Spirit. But when you look at the roster and what they needed, there was a glaring hole at the four. Blake Kenson tried to fill it. K.J. Buffin tried to fill it. 
those guys are better utilized, I think, as first options off of the bench, while Romello White can hold down that four and give you that gritty toughness, that rebounding, that ability to score at the basket that they just didn't have consistently last year. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're exactly right. You nailed it. Um, you know, Blake Henson and, and KJ Buffin just, you know, I, for whatever reason, we're, weren't very good in the in that position. And I think they're going to ask a lot out of White, um, you know, and, and, you know, I think C got better as the year went along. So I think they're going to be okay in the uh, front court. So we'll see. But, uh, you know, that's obviously a big addition. I would say probably the best transfer for as far as rating and recruiting wise that, that Ole Miss has ever gotten in basketball. Maybe. Maybe. Jamal I mean, Kendrick was a former McDonald's All-American, yeah. but he was not accomplished. He had not done it at the highest level. Romello right. has produced at the highest level. He had 19 and 17 in a win over Georgia just this year. So he's been there. He's been through it. Jalon had not. So recruiting pedigree, Jalon would be the most decorated former player, but Romello, as far as transfer rankings are concerned, is easily the best transfer Ole Miss has ever landed. Number two, according yeah. to ESPN. So, yes, of all the transfers Ole Miss basketball has gotten, David Huertas from Florida, this one <laughs> is different. This is the one that usually goes into the portal and ends up at Duke, ends up at Kentucky. He's ended yeah. up at Ole Miss. That's a big recruiting win for all of those people out there that I think it's fair had criticism about being in the game with all these type of guys but not landing them. You've landed one, and that should be celebrated. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I never thought of it like that. This is, you know, normally the guy that goes to Kentucky or, or Duke or a big time program, Kansas like that. Um, you look at a guy like Malik Newman, maybe, and, and you know, Ole Miss Lance, that guy. So how many years of eligibility? Is, is it just one? Just one. Just one. Okay. Still, I mean, that that's massive. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Some will no. say, well, you're kicking the can down the road. That's basketball in general at this point in time. Yeah, you just keep kicking the can. You keep kicking the can. If you're not <laughs> utilizing the portal, you're doing it wrong. Every school's yep. doing it. Kentucky does it every single year. Not to say Ole Miss will ever be Kentucky, but you have to be able to go into the portal and be successful. And Ole Miss, once you factor in Romello White with Demencio Vaughn and Robert Allen to an extent, he's going to redshirt. You cannot say anything other than they were successful dramatically successful in the portal this year. And if there was ever a year for Ole Miss to be successful in the portal, it was this year. Because when you look at recruiting rankings in basketball, in top 25 rankings, the SEC is starting to look more and more like football rankings. Five teams in the top 10 for the SEC in college basketball rankings. It used to not be this way. So for Ole Miss adding Ramello with Matthew Morrell, who is one of the highest-ranked signees in Ole Miss basketball history, along with Demencio Vaughn, a coveted transfer, a top, I think, seven transfer consensus across all services. What you've done, and I mentioned this to Brant on Tuesday, is stayed within the arms race of SEC basketball recruiting right now. And the landscape is going to change even more as Kermit's going to detail here shortly when he comes on the Modern Woman phone line. But yes, Ole Miss needed that player not only for its own court success, but to keep up in the recruiting arms race and almost has to continue to fight and stay in that. Otherwise you're tempted to fall into oblivion as far as recruitings are concerned. Recruitments yeah. are concerned. Yeah. I put it exactly right. Um, so I, it'll be interesting to see, obviously, look, I think there's some people and, and I don't necessarily blame them that are, Hey, let's wait and see. Um, I think Romello white's a really good player. 
Uh, I think Ole Miss I think is everybody have- is at a wait and see point, and I agree yeah. with them because last year, going into the preseason stuff, a lot of talk about how good this team could be, and a lot of goodwill had been built by making the NCAA tournament. But Ole Miss did not finish well in that NCAA tournament season. No, they did not close out well at all, be it in the regular season losing in the SEC tournament, and then getting blown out by Oklahoma in the NCAA tournament. But just getting there was enough. Sure. So you would expect returning so much, losing Terrence Davis, which was huge, but returning so much and supplementing that with Austin Crowley, who was a four-star. Sammy Hunter, who we were told would have been a top 100 player had he played in the States, getting all of that preseason hype. The number two Juco or three Juco in the country and Hadim C winning out a recruiting battle over LSU, who's paying everybody. <laughs> you had win case i love win case to death he's awesome came on this podcast and i asked him about expectations and he said hey look sweet 16 and it's not win's fault not at all i'm just simply no. saying the expectations the look outlook for the roster was certainly significant high everybody expected that team to do well and they didn't so i understand if there's some trepidation as far as believing in this team but i will say Ole Miss is in such a better position today as it could have possibly been when the season was over to where the complete outlook of the team is different. But I understand if you want to step back and say, we've heard this before, because I'm with you. We've heard this before. We heard this before in the last season of Andy Kennedy. Yeah. We've heard this before. But this Ole Miss team with Romello White, it's a different animal to me. Not to say that they're going to finish – second or third in the SEC, but they could certainly finish top six. I don't think even with Demencio and Robert Allen redshirting, but if had he been as originally planned, immediately eligible, I don't think that's a top six team in the SEC. With Romello, it's different. That's a different caliber of player, and that's why you have to use it that way. Still temper your expectations, but understand that you have to look through the lens of Romello White is a different caliber of player, the type of caliber of player that everybody wants on their roster. Yeah, absolutely. Let me let me ask this. And I was talking about this with a friend earlier today, and I don't know if this was even a thought process or not. As far as almost his front court looks like, what's what's your top four guys? Because I think the four and the five at some point become interchangeable. So so who are your top? I don't know. Four on the depth chart for almost his front court. I think Sam so Hunter's going to redshirt. That's what I was just about to ask. Was is it possible they throw a red shirt on him? Yes, I think he's going to redshirt. Now, that's purely my speculation. That is not in any way informed or educated compared to the other stuff I talked about earlier. That is just purely my speculation. When I look at the front court, Hadeem's going to start at the five. Romello's going to start at the four. K.J. Buffett is going to go between both positions, so alternate. Blake Kinson can play the three or the four. The real strength of this roster will be the versatility of this roster. Domencio can play the two or the three. Blake guarded a lot of four last year. Austin Crowley can play the one or the two. Jarkel Joyner can play the one or the two. Devontae Shuler, same thing. So I think the first three options are obviously Hadim, Romello, and KJ. And then the battle will be for that fourth big. What Sean Robinson, does does he factor in a good bit next year? I, I know we're a ways off, but we're just, a ways you know. off. We got some other things to cover. I will say this we don't know, obviously, but it will be completely different once those kids get to campus. It's totally different. I don't know response than in other years because these kids have all been home sure. with the coronavirus pandemic. So once they get back, we can say, okay, it'd be Sammy Hunter. He's the obvious guy. Or here we go, KJ Buffin. 
not to say this is what KJ has done. I would actually bet completely against this as far as KJ is concerned. He's a totally different type of dude. He works his tail off. But just follow my point here, that KJ went home and just sat on his ass and ate pizza. (laughs) Then he comes back. Of course, KJ's not going to factor in. So who actually put in the work? And Kermit mentions this in the interview coming up. Who actually put in the work? You're going to find out. Because, yeah, it could be Sean. But it could not be Sean because maybe Sean lost some weight that he didn't need to lose. And you don't know. I think yeah. it's safe to assume that Hadim, Romello, and KJ are the obvious top three, and the battle will be on this team for who is the number four. And whoever's not the number four, well, he's probably going to redshirt, and that's Sammy okay. Hunter. Because I think Sean can give you a little bit more as a blocker. Yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree at all. Boy, I was just thinking it's going to be uh, – we'll get to this in a second – Kids are going to start rolling in here June 1st. There's going to be some kids that didn't work and, and didn't eat right that uh, come June 1st and Wilson Love getting into a strength program. It ain't going to be pretty for a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, on Wednesday, be- the NCAA Division I Council voted to approve voluntary athletic activities in football, men's basketball, women's basketball to start June 1 and go through June 30th. There had been a moratorium on that through May 31st. Other sports will be acted on on a later date. What that means is that players can come back to campus and start off-season workouts. But here's what everybody needs to remember. Yes, this is typically the time that Ole Miss does off-season workouts. But that does not mean that the football season is going to start on time or that these kids are not going to have to stop again because a case pops up. So this is good news. This is encouraging, but it is not a guarantee in the slightest. Don't get your hopes up. Because when you get your hopes up, you're going to be inevitably disappointed. So never have your hopes up. Don't get your hopes up that the season starts on time. But they're bringing them back so that they can actually start to get in game shape. And they still need an off-season couple of weeks at least. Like Elaine Kiffin is not going to be okay having these kids go through off-season strength and conditioning and then not getting at least – a couple of added weeks onto August camp to get his team ready for the season to start whenever that is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and another thing, um, this is just the NCAA approving it. I think the conferences still have to approve it. And I highly doubt the PAC 12 is going to be in a position where they can approve it right now because USC is not going to be able to go back. UCLA is not going to be able to go back, no. but the SEC, I expect, We'll, we'll approve this, and there will be kids back on campus starting June 1st. I'm interested in what that looks like. Do you have to keep them all in one place? Can they go to their apartments? Like, I, I'm curious what that's going to look like when they do get back to, to Oxford. And now some of them, and we'll get to in a second, haven't left Oxford. That's true. But <laughs> the greatest point you can make is that if you think that it's realistic at all for Ole Miss to basically take this team – put them all together and cut them off from the rest of the world. It's not going to happen. David and I talked about it on Tuesday. It's just not going to happen. They're going to be kids. They're going to go to each other's houses. They're going to go chase girls at the bar. They're going to go do things that kids do. So that's the one thing you got to watch for. It's great and encouraging that kids are coming back on campus. It's a great first step. But the real question is, is a case going to pop up? How are you going to monitor? How are you going to test? How are you going to keep it going? Because I think the greatest worry from everybody involved, administrators, coaches, players, fans, when you start, if you have to stop, because if you have to stop, 
It's going so, to be stopped indefinitely. Yep. I, I think we've got to get to a point, right, where we can, if someone gets a case, we can keep going. I think that's the next step, right? Like, I, I don't think we can just shut everything down. And I'm not saying this is we have to do this right now, but I think the next step into getting back closer to normalcy is if a, te- if a positive case steps up or, or, or happens, we've got to be able to continue to move on. And, and I, I don't know if we're ready for that just yet. I'm not smart enough to make that decision. Yeah, and how do you manage it social distancing-wise in the stadiums? How do you get right. fans involved? Do you think that there's a – do you think that – all right, let's just – I don't know. I, I don't necessarily think that Ole Miss plays their opener against Baylor in Houston, um, but let's play it out that they do. Do you think there What's are – What's the advantage fans? for Houston? Oh, there's not one. There's no. not. What is the benefit for Houston? Because I That's doubt that I'm... fans from Baylor and fans from Ole Miss are going to make the trip. Now, Baylor, they can drive, but Ole Miss people getting in planes, flying into Houston, packing that well, stadium, it's just not going to happen. My my question, Ben, is are there fans allowed there? That, well, okay, even more. The, then what really is the point for Houston? There isn't one because all the risk yeah. is assumed by the stadium. Yeah. They're not going to fly with that. They're not getting any benefit, and they're assuming all the risk. You're yep. flying in, checking into a hotel, eating at the restaurants, drinking at the bars, but now you add the pandemic in, eliminate all that. So what are they getting? Nothing. Yeah. I, I, I don't think that game happens in Houston, Texas. Okay, but assuming that it does, what were you saying? I was well. That was kind of to my next point. If you had to guess today, are there any fans in Bald Hemingway Stadium against Southeastern Missouri? Are there fifteen thousand, thirty thousand, sixty-five thousand? If you had to guess today, what would you think? Half capacity. Okay. Okay. But that so opens week up two. a whole another can of worms of problems. Oh yeah. How do you determine well, who gets into the stadium? How do you okay. rope off the stadium? How do you do any of that? That that's a that's a great point. My thing with them become I think Keith I think they're under thirty thousand season tickets. Is there a point where you just don't sell anymore right now? Well, he said on this podcast last week they're around twenty three thousand. Okay, yeah. Okay, so if it's ruled that you can have twenty five percent capacity, well, boom, season ticket holders. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> I mean, like this doesn't seem overly complicated. But if it's fifty percent, now you're starting to pick and choose. And even in that scenario, for us as as media people, as fans, we're okay with that. Ole Miss, I don't know if it could survive that. Maybe for a year, maybe for a year with 50%. But any more than that, even with 50%, they're going to have to make some tough decisions. Ben, uh, they weren't getting many more than 50% for a lot of their games the past two years. Well, you're making my point. Not to mention the fact that the NCAA took some money from them from bowl revenue. They've already dipped into and emptied their emergency fund. The end of the fiscal year is June. If by the end of the fiscal year, the outlook hasn't changed, they're going to have to make some tough decisions. And even if the outlook hasn't changed, but it starts to change come August and they get 50% capacity, hell, even if they get 65% capacity that's still going to hurt them Ole Miss is in a different unique position than Alabama Alabama's got the money to sustain 
Ole Miss, even with 65% capacity, is going to have to cut staff. Mm. It's going to have to do all that kind of stuff. So it's a tough thing. It's a tough thing for everybody involved. But those are problems for Keith and for the administrators at Ole Miss and not for fans to concern themselves with. That's what they're paid to do. But this is unprecedented. It's unprecedented. But at least players are getting to come back to campus if you're hoping for a return to sports. That's a great step. But let me tell you this. While for college football, that's a great step, that means nothing until the NFL starts leading the way. Once the NFL says this is what we're doing and takes that plunge, college football ain't doing nothing. They're not going to be first as far as putting fans in stands and playing games. Well, my question becomes, uh, do you think they're following the MLB at all? What if the MLB is successful in it? I think that matters. I think that any professional sport matters, not NASCAR. That's different because NASCAR, you can do the whole laps and laps and laps with cars and socially distance and not bring fans in and can still have your sport. Sure. Baseball matters. The NFL, the NFL can survive without fans. Yeah. It's such a monster, a behemoth that it can survive without fans. Yep. Major league baseball cannot survive without some fans. It can't. You don't think? Well, I think it can for a little bit, but I think once they start back games, if they do, they're going to do the phase-in stuff. Yeah, they might be playing in front of dummy fans in the stands at first, but they're working on a plan towards bringing fans in eventually. See, do you think that the NFL could realistically go 16 weeks and not have a fan in the stand and be fine? They'd be fine. They make so much money off of television in other ways, it doesn't even matter. They could make money forever. They're churning out their own damn money. Do you think that TV deals become more attractive and maybe cost more without fans in stands? I'm just footballing here. It should. It won't. You do that <laughs> negotiation later. You don't do it now. Otherwise, you're just a gritty dick. <laughs> you got the Oakland A's owner right now. He's valued at $2 oh, billion. God. Jeff Fisher, valued at $2 billion. He's saying to Oakland, the city of Oakland, that the right, A's can't afford their rent of $1 million a month. He's valued at $2 billion. The greatest grift, and I said this to David on Tuesday, the greatest grift that Major League Baseball ever pulled off was its owners effectively getting fans and fan sentiment on their side against the players in these type of negotiations. Crying poor when the Oakland A's can't pay their rent because their billionaire owner doesn't want to take a million-dollar hit. It's insane. But we're getting off topic. College football, if you're looking for a return, this is a good first step, but I don't want people to jump to conclusions. That's my whole thing. Just don't jump to the conclusion of, oh, it's happening. No, it's not happening yet. But well, you know what is, is happening? This is a step in the process to making it happen. They could not do this as far as starting the season without getting the players back first and running through a trial period of what it's like. And not every school will do this. Ole Miss isn't going to be quite ready yet, I don't think. It might be July, or not July, excuse me. It might be June 15th before Ole Miss brings players back. I don't know that. I'm just simply saying at Mississippi State, at Alabama, at LSU, it's different according to the state. There will be teams that say, okay, yes, we can bring you back on June 1, but let's hold off. We're getting our testing in place, our different measures in place. We'll bring you back June 15th. 
So just yep. because it's June 1, according to the ruling, doesn't mean players are coming right back on June 1. That's not what that means. Exactly. It just means that they can start to come back in a phased bringing them back. And once you do have the majority of your players back or your entire team back, then you got to give it a month for strength and conditioning. Then you got to give it a month of preseason practices, actually a month plus six weeks, at least maybe eight. Cause I know like the old misses of the world are saying at least six. Actually, we'd prefer eight. And then you start to think about starting the season. But at that point, Assuming that you get every team with every one of their players back by June 15th, because it ain't going to be on June 1, you're still talking about the season not starting on time. Yeah, I can't agree more. Um, yeah. So it's a, it's a sticky situation. I think it, you know. I think if we're talking too much about you know in, in definites about how we're going to you know treat the future, then I think we're being naive. I, I just don't think we can you know forecast out what September is going to look like or the end of August is going to look like. I just kind of think, you know, the, everything kind of keeps changing. So I, I for forecasting three months from now, I it's think just, we're being a little bit silly. You can't do it. You can't do it. Yeah. Last thing before we jump to Kermit, had a lot of old Miss topics to talk about today. Before well, we get to, um, what's that? I was just going to say, well, one of them is we kind of Mississippi state topic. Well, that's that I what think I'm getting to <laughs> Mississippi state transfers, Fabian Lovett and Jerry and Jones. Apparently, Ole Miss is the likely landing spot for these two kids. I don't cover recruiting anymore. Everybody that listens to this podcast, they know that. I don't do it. I don't. But you still have some context about this stuff. Yeah. And I knew on Monday that Jerry and Jones was entering the transfer portal. But it's not my job to report that stuff no more, so I don't care. But he enters the transfer portal, and what I heard on Monday was that he was going to land at Ole Miss. Now, he's talking about on Twitter about Oregon. I know Florida desperately wants the kid, and Dan Mullen will do whatever he can to get him. And I know a lot of Mississippi State beat writers are saying some things. Let's not go back down this road, guys. Let's please not go back down this road. Tampering, Ben. They're tampering. Because it's not worth it, man. I don't want to have to bust people out about things that, in the end, really don't matter. Let's not start this. Ole Miss did not tamper for Fabian Lovett and Jerry and Jones. How long has Fabian Lovett been in the damn portal? Please stop it with the tampering. Stop it. Don't be stupid. Just I don't know of anybody that runs camps, Ben. I can't recall. I have never in my life <laughs> spent my days thinking about Mississippi State. And I just do not understand how some people live their lives focused you, on Ole Miss if you're on the Mississippi State side. I don't think about Mississippi State until I have to. And now I have to again. And Fabian Lovett and Jerry Ann Jones – they could end up at Ole Miss, which is interesting with Jarian because he was a big-time anti-Ole Miss kid back in his recruitment. Yeah. Hey, some tweets got deleted. Some He's tweets friends got with John deleted. Rice Plumley. He's friends with Jarian Ely. I was told on Monday that it's done. Do I feel like it's done, done? No. But I was told on Monday, he's coming. He's well, coming to Ole Miss. We'll see. But they would be two big additions for Ole Miss, two positions of need for Ole Miss, defensive line, defensive backfield. Both of those kids get help. Uh, maybe they get a one-year granted transfer where they don't have to sit out with penalty. Maybe they get to play immediately. Let's not go back down the road. Please, please, please. <laughs> Mississippi oh, football man. is relevant again. State's got Mike Leach. Ole Miss has got Lane Kiffin. National attention is being paid to these two programs again, and the game of football is getting added attention again in this state. Let's not do it. Please, please. We can all have nice things. No one's tampering. 
I, I haven't reported some things or said some things or put anything out there that I could about some people. Just, just not do it, please. Because oh. I, I don't care. I don't care. I, I'm, I'm living my life, man. I'm not trying to worry about stupid sports all the time. This ain't that important. Let's chill out. You mean to tell me, Ben, you have not spent seven hours of a day on your message board convincing people that Ole Miss or, or Mississippi State was more racist than Ole Miss? Oh, you haven't done that? I, look, I love Paul Jones to death now. Paul Jones. That was ridiculous. Great, great I'm sorry. People. That was ridiculous. He's great, great people. But that that wasn't a good look. But I love Paul to death. I do. Uh, that wasn't a good look. We've all had moments aren't truly indicative of our character. Sure. I think that's a good example for Paul because Paul's awesome. But yeah, that was not a good look. But again, James Meredith, he desegregated Ole Miss, and he was a junior. And finally, Mississippi State desegregated. So can we please stop all this nonsense? Just stop it. Damn it. Real We're going to make the on. same mistakes again. <laughs> 2014. These yeah. two programs are both in the top four in college football. And you just can't have nice things. Just shut up. I wonder if Flim Flam 2 has been outlined yet. <laughs> I'm not a But Jerry and Jones would certainly fit what Ole Miss needs, and Fabian Lovett would too. I mean, those are two positions of need for Ole Miss. Not to say yeah. that Jerrion's done. I think Fabian is more done than Jerrion. I think Fabian initially – wanted to go to Florida or Florida State, but maybe the pull to Ole Miss and the need that Ole Miss has, because Ole Miss needs defensive linemen. You lost Benito, of course, he's a defensive tackle, but you lost Josiah Coatney. You lost Kadir Shepard. Sam Williams is great, but he can't do it alone. T. Tisdale is great, but he can't do it alone. That kid would come in and be a glue guy for Ole Miss if he were immediately eligible. Yeah, absolutely. Same with uh, Jerry. And I think the, uh, or what is it, Jerry and Jones? So, am I, I that say right? it both ways. It's okay. Yeah, you know the the Steve Robinson. It is not your fault. The photo yesterday that got out with him with the uh, Ole Miss pullover on, uh, boy, it ignited the Twitter sphere. Um, Twitter is not real life. If you live in Twitter, you would think a lot of things. If you lived in Twitter, I'm going to get in trouble. (laughs) You would think a lot of things if you lived on Twitter and thought that was real life, and that is not real. Oh me, I have learned to stay away from Twitter more than be on it. I was told, have you heard this, that a, a, a beat writer uh, in this state got on a radio show today and said that they were going to turn stuff over to the SEC for tampering. This is Talk of Champions. I've been <laughs> Garrett at Spirit Bit on Twitter. He's Colin Brister at Colin Brister. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions on iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. Also, can find us in SoundCloud, Spotify. Just simply search Talk of Champions. Going to go now to the Modern Women phone line to speak to Kermit Davis. Ole Miss men's basketball head coach about a number of different topics, and that will finish us off. Thanks, Colin. Appreciate it. Absolutely. First, let me tell you about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford and Cheney's Pharmacy. We're all doing whatever we can to survive quarantine, right? It can be tough. We're making purchases to keep our sanity, to keep us happy. Maybe you're going on Amazon, hitting add to cart, purchase. Maybe, just maybe, you're in the market for a new car. And if you are, I know the place you should go. The only place you should go. And that's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. From new and used sales to parts and service, Alan Samuels of Oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience. But what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from every other dealership is Alan Samuels aims to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Most everyone who's listened to this podcast should know by now I only vouch for sponsors I truly believe in. If I myself have not had a personal experience with any sponsor, 
they're not going to be on this podcast. And my longest relationship is with Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Why? Because I can't say enough good things about Brian and Mason and the rest of the team. I don't like to haggle. I don't like to negotiate. I don't like the whole process of buying a car. With Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, you can avoid all of that. They're looking out for you. So give them a call today, 662-234-8000. You can stop by and see them at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, the only place to find your perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Alan Samuels, let's be friends. Self-isolation, quarantine, has brought about its own set of problems. Don't let your pharmacy be one of them. Cheney's Pharmacy, they've earned your trust. You can count on them. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through, and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. It's a locally-owned pharmacy that has been in Oxford over 40 years. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there, hands down. Give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221, or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can find them online at Cheney'sPharmacy.com. We've all got our own set of problems. Don't let your pharmacy be one of them. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. You've walked this path many times before. It's a chance to think, especially about your future. How will you turn your retirement dreams into reality? Will you have enough gold for your golden years? Your choices for building funds for retirement can be complicated. Fortunately, you have a friend in the community who can help you make the right decisions. That's your modern Woodman agent. Your agent is a skilled professional who will listen to your needs and desires and then work with you to create a plan that uses the right financial products to achieve your retirement goals. Build a lasting professional relationship with a trusted financial advisor. Hi, this is Thomas Chandler, your local Modern Woodman representative. Give me a call today at 662-296-0186. Let's make a difference together. Hotty toddy and go Rebs. Get in touch with your agent today. Modern Woodman of America. Touching lives, securing futures. The Modern Woodman Phone Line. Cool. We'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel Sports. Modern Woodman. Let's make a difference together. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Joining me now on the Modern Woodman Phone Line. Back on Talk of Champions. He's Ole Miss men's basketball coach Kermit Davis. Kermit, what's up, man? Ben, how we doing, buddy? Good, man. Thanks for coming on. You've had a busy spring. <laughs> I know. As I was telling my wife the other day, I was at home for about a month. You think you're at home, the days would crawl by. And I'd look up every day, and it's 6.30 or 7. And mm. my day started early. And, you know, so I credit our, our staff. Uh, they, 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 did a, uh, they did a great job, worked it, you know. And even with the, the guys that we signed in the spring, uh, we, we made a lot of progress uh, with our 21 class, tons of Zoom activity. Uh, with that, you know, it just shows you that we all can adapt to the business. And, uh, but I do, I, I feel, I feel good about what we got accomplished. And on top of that, Ben, I had one of the very best academic semesters they've ever had no Miss basketball. So, so it really was, it was productive. It's kind of off topic before we get into some basketball stuff, but being at home and being so productive, it kind of seems like 
yeah, we're going to return to normal one day, but some of this stuff might stick. You can do some of this stuff at home and spend more time with the girls. Well, you know, I don't know if they want that. You know, I may want it, and I don't think they want it. Sure, like you, they're trying to kick us out. Allie looks at mom every day and say, when is this cat going to go recruited? Because he's kind of cramping my style here. So uh, so I get it. But, you know, I, I do think this, uh, I think in some ways, obviously, I think we can work smarter. We can work cheaper, you know. And I hate that the players didn't get a chance to come see the campuses. You know, that that's something that the experience that they that they needed. But you have to brag on the recruits, not not only the guys that came to Ole Miss, the guys that chose other schools, but but they adopted as well. They made made tough decisions based on Zoom and FaceTime and information they had in front of them. And uh and so it was. I, I thought it was a way that you know, I, I so say this, Ben, you know, at the maybe the end of my year press conference, we probably had twenty five or thirty people. Yep. at the end of the year because Zoom. So those are some things maybe we learn differently. You know, maybe that's something we do different, you know, from here on out. And uh, maybe there's something NCAA can do to try to save money, to try to save time that we can connect on Zoom in a period of time instead of maybe going out. So who knows? But, but I, do, I do know that we, we learned a lot. When you take these prospects on virtual tours, is it you walking around with your phone, FaceTime, and what do you do when you take them on a virtual tour? There's a couple things. Uh, you know, you can you know, FaceTime virtual tour. We'll take them through the whole complex of the TUI. A virtual tour of the pavilion, take them through there. There's times that you will walk them through the, the campus, you know, and show them different parts. Uh, and then we have a lot of videos. Then we have a PowerPoint where the whole staff gets on it. And it's sometimes, you know, we've had them go from 40 minutes to an hour and 15 minutes. You know, and where you go through every aspect of your program, from the academics to to a city of Oxford to uh, you know the most you know beautiful campus in America, to every single thing where they live, training tables, nutritionists. So it goes through all this, and and the whole staff, you know, it's scripted about who talks about what, and and so it really is. And then then you've got tons of video. Obviously, I've probably got in my phone twenty five different videos of all aspects of Ole Miss and our basketball program that you're hitting them with all the time. So you know, there's, a, there's a lot of a lot of visual things that you can do with them. A lot of the spring was spent in the transfer market outside of Marcus Nyblack. How different is that recruiting-wise? Because I would assume that most of the template for recruiting, be it a high school prospect or a transfer prospect, is generally the same. But do you treat them a little bit differently because they're older and been through it before? Yeah, there, there's no question. I mean, they've they've experienced it, but you know, some guys maybe haven't been experienced or been recruited at the very highest level. Romello Whitehead, you know, he signed with Georgia Tech, and then you know, obviously, uh, they had a coaching change, went to Arizona State, so been at a very high level. You know, two Power Five uh, leagues. You get uh, Denizio Vaughn. You know, he he went to Ryder out of Callaway, and uh, but the guy's been unanimous first team All League selection, a really mature good students. And then, you know, Robert Allen is a guy that was kind of under the radar guy. And he went to Sanford, uh, boy, had two, two really good years. So a lot of those guys were eager, you know, to talk to people at the, at the power five level. And then obviously, you know, Marcus Nyblack, we've been recruiting him, uh, for a long, long period of time. And, uh, he's a really, really good player. He's got some work to do academically and have a great family. And, uh, you know, so he's, He's another guy, you know, that we were involved with. It was just the only thing is we couldn't go see them in person and they couldn't come to campus to take an official visit. 
for you, when you make a pitch to a kid, a highly recruited kid like a Romello, what's the first thing you try to get across to them to separate Ole Miss from other competitors? Well, I mean, obviously it depends on uh, the player, the situation, his position. And, you know, and, and obviously Levi had a tie, you know, with Romello and, you know, and help him get to Arizona State. So Levi did a great job there. And Romello White trusts Levi. Uh, and, you know, the one thing is that, you know, Romello White's an accomplished guy that's impacted winning at a high level. Uh, I think you know, had a lot of respect for Coach Hurley, a lot of respect for Arizona State. I think he wanted to get closer to home to try to play in his senior year. Uh, you know, he wanted a place that, uh, you know, that he saw our system of play and how we use forwards, you know, and that's what he is about picking and popping and not lose his identity being physical and how we played. And so that, that part of it was, you know, right in front of him that he saw, you know, you, you know, Robert Allen saw the same piece, you know, and as far as the intrigue of playing in the SEC and that kind of deal. Uh, and then Demencio Vaughn, obviously everybody recruiting him. And uh, we just had a great connection because of his tie to Mississippi. He'd had a great experience, won a state championship for David Sanders at, at Callaway. And, uh, you know, he, he watched how our guards play over the last couple of seasons. And, you know, he watched how much success, how much improvement TD had. And so, you know, it, so it really is, Ben, it's, it's just, it really is different. You know, just kind of, we show everybody, we, we sell the same things about Oxford and Ole Miss, but, but kind of uniquely what their skill set is and maybe how we can improve Romello White or maybe the opportunity to Mitchell Vaughn can get here instead of a couple other Power Five schools and, you know, and so it was, uh, and sometimes it's like fishing. Sometimes <laughs> you got to, you got to go cast a lot of times. So you got to go cast. You know, you want them guys like my daughter, she didn't catch anything on the first time she quits, you know, well, you know, a lot of times you got to, you got to fish all around the lake and then come back again and then change lures, you know, and see if it's top water, if it's crankbait, or we got to fish with worms on the bottom, you know? So, so there's, there's a lot of different things that go into recruiting. You and Chris Malloy have had way too much fishing time during quarantine. <laughs> hey, I went to I went to Bass Pro Shop oh, the other God. day down in Destin. I'm telling you, oh God! And I had been to many stores during the quarantine. Betty won't let me go out, and but I went there and I was like a kid in a candy shop. I'm <laughs> telling you, I bought so much junk. And Betty went with me because she just she didn't want to go to Bass Pro, but she just said, "I'm gonna go with you." And she looked at me walking around there. I'm telling you, yeah. I've gotten activated. I'm YouTubing, and uh, yeah, I love golf. I'm not a great golfer, but it's it's, well, it's a heck of a lot more relaxing than golf. That's for sure. Yeah, I need to do that because I bought a golf cart. I live across the street from a golf course, and I was like, I have nothing else to do, and now all I am is frustrated <laughs> every single day. <laughs> I know fishing is not the way. I you know we all want to catch them, but if it's relaxing to go out there and at least tie bait on and and fish a little bit and cast it. When did you know? When did you feel good about Romello? Uh, you know, um, I guess it was a about after about a week after he's been in the in the portal, you know. And when we talked to him, I talked to him for the first time after he got in the portal. He and his mom, and he sure sounded interested. You know, he's going to look at quite a few schools, but he could. He said early that he wanted to get back south, so you knew that's you know we were there. And he obviously trusted uh, Levi. And the mom trusted Levi, and they just had to get through some things and look at some different schools. And uh, but I could tell he was very intrigued when we really sent him a lot of videos of system of play, 
And I, I sent him a lot of stuff of forwards from from Middle Tennessee, you know, of Reggie Upshaw and to Corey Williams and some of those guys that had a lot of success that were powerful guys. You know, both of them weighed about 230, 225. And he loved how they played. And, uh, you know, so I thought he, he – I could really tell he had a great interest. He fits what you wanted when you went into the offseason, went into the spring. So does Robert Allen and um, Demencio, but especially Romello. You wanted to get tough and get physical. It seems like he fits that pretty good. He, he does, and he's impacted winning. I mean, he's, he's they've beaten Kansas twice, and he's, he's played all those minutes right in those games. He's got 16 rebounds at UCLA or 19 and 17 against Georgia this year, and they beat Georgia. You know, he's second in the Pac-12 in rebounding. But he's a guy that could lead our league in rebounding. He may not, but he sure could. And uh, he does. He's got experience. He's tough. He brings it every day. I mean, because Levi's coached him. And Levi's his coach. He brings it every day. He just goes to work every day. Demetrius Ball's tough guy. So those guys, that's what we need. We, we, we need tough guys that, with experience. And, uh, and I think uh, I like our roster. We've got some really, really competitive practices. You're going to have to have a couple of defections from the roster. When do you anticipate some movement? I know you're not going to talk about particular guys, but when do you expect some resolution about it? Yeah, yeah, I would think here in the next uh, probably week, week and a half. You know, I, I, like I said, brag on all our guys academically, you know, and really to kind of get through that and make sure those guys did great, you know, and did good and kept their focus right on right on school. And, uh, and they did that. And uh, so I, I think that the roster will probably be set, you know, probably no later in the next week and a half, two weeks. Last time we talked, I don't remember if it's in an official capacity or not, but we were talking about that one-time blanket transfer rule that we thought the NCAA was going to pass. It seems like has lost all momentum is going the other way, frankly. That impacts Robert Allen. What do you think about that and just the potential decision that it's not going to pass and that kids are going to continue to have to sit out? Yeah, you know, I think I, I'm – Personally, I may be wrong. I think I think it was probably really football driven. I think football said, "Hey, we didn't get spring training, spring you know spring camp. We didn't get our guys aren't here. Our guys are not going to be here." And all of a sudden, this one-time transfer rule may pass. I mean, the influx of what's going on with guys not even on their campus yet. You know what's going to happen with the virus. Uh, so I think it's going to be tabled. I, I, I don't think it's going to pass. I think it eventually it will pass. Uh, you know, and because I do think the rule, you know, uh, is it going to make basketball and football like we've never seen? No question about it. And uh, but I do think it's probably one of those things that's going to probably pass, uh, you know, in 21, 22 instead of right now. But when I talked to Robert Allen in our early in my, our conversations, red shirting was not something he was opposed to. You know, I said, we're just going we're just going to lay it out there, Robert, and if you can play a bunch of minutes. On our team, you're going to play. Because Jeff Coach, if I don't, I'm redshirt and I'm good. You know, so even with a guy like him redshirting, you know, and then you lose Romello and lose the Dean C, you know, then he's a guy that, you know, has a chance to, to come in and play the next year. You've mentioned, I think, to a number of people that Robert Allen is a fit for what you do, a perfect fit for you. What does that mean, a perfect fit for a Kermit Davis player? You ought to talk to him for about about three times and talked to Steve Forbes, who was at East Tennessee State in this league, and he had 25 against Steve. And he says, currently he's one of, one of the toughest guys we've played against all year long. He said he just competes every time you see him. And so he's tough. And he can he shot he shot low to 30% from a three, but, but he can make a three, you know, so he can do that. And you just watch his energy level when he plays. He just plays. And you watch him 
talk to him on the phone. He talks with voice inflection. I mean, he's excited about basketball. You should see what he's doing every single day, just the way he goes and runs or he's doing things outside at home. He can't wait to get here. He's just anxious. He's just a good cat that comes to the gym smiling, and we need more of those. We're going to jump right back to Ole Miss men's basketball coach Kermit Davis in this edition of Talk of Champions after I tell you briefly about Mosquito Marshals, another proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. Are bugs ruining your evenings outside? Do you want to reclaim your yard from those pesky bugs? Well, Mosquito Marshals is here to help, to let their customers and their families enjoy living outside again. At Mosquito Marshals, their top priority is to keep their customers bite-free by providing the best mosquito control services in the industry. The goal is simple, to protect their customers' homes and businesses from mosquitoes, fleas, ticks, and they stand by their results. If you're not 100% satisfied, they'll respray your yard for free. But how do I know this? Because I have first-hand experience. Mosquito marshals rode out to my house and sprayed my yard. Took them no time, and I haven't seen a mosquito since. And trust me, I'm just like you. In quarantine, all me and my daughters can do is go outside, ride a bike, play some ping pong in the garage. Don't let a mosquito mess up your good time. No, schedule your appointment today. You can give them a call at 662-715-1818. That's 662-715-1818. Or visit Mosquito Marshalls online at mosquitomarshalls.com. Mosquito Marshalls, serving Oxford, Batesville, Water Valley, New Albany, Pontotoc, wherever you are, they'll come to you. Mosquito Marshalls. What's the plan with Marcus Nyblack? You know, right now, we're just obviously just to wait and see with, with the academics. You know, we're going to visit with his folks, and he's got great, great parents. And uh, so he's just, you know, one of those things right now. We're just in a in a wait-and-see approach, and, uh, you know, we're going to visit with, with Marcus and his family this week. Well, it's more about the current roster when you look at guys like Sammy Hunter back home and Jarkel's in Oxford, but everybody else spread out, Devontae, whatever. How are they doing as far as staying in shape? I know you've been checking in on them. That's one thing that you can at least do, call them up and just, hey, how you doing? You doing a little bit of stuff? <laughs> Not doing fishing like it. me every day, right? <laughs> I am walking in the morning, but no no sprint work, I'm telling you. You know, I, I just, it's a, it's a player's world right now. I mean, when they come back and, you know, with the plan is hopefully that, you know, maybe we're back in facilities, you know, as, as a staff, you know, early, maybe in June and, Player, it would be a perfect world. Our guys are back July 1. If it had happened like that, and we'll see. And you're going to find out that first three or four days. I mean, just who's done what. I know one cat that has, and it's Jarkel Joyner. That dude right there, he's just built. I mean, he's just doing stuff all the time, and he's working. Uh, we've sent him equipment. They can't really report back. You can't observe. Like, you can't even FaceTime him and watch him work out, you know, uh, so it's just going to be interesting to see, you know, just where everybody is then when, when they come back. I mean, Luis Rodriguez is back. To, he'll be full strength when he comes back. Uh, Sean Robinson has gone through a little kind of a throat issue, tonsillitis or whatever. I think he's lost a little weight in Phoenix. So he's getting healthier now. And, you know, and Austin Crowley, I mean, we text a bunch. Seems like he's had a great, you know, couple months. Blake Henson has just brought it every day. I mean, he has really, really worked and worked and, you know, and all the different things. So I can't wait to get him back. And I'm really anxious to see, Ben, exactly who's done what, uh, you know, in these last uh, eight or ten weeks. Yeah, are you closer to Michael Jordan or are you closer to Ben Garrett? You don't want to be on that side of it. I can see that. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, I tell you what, we have we have we have watched the last dance. What was your thoughts on the last dance, Ben? I loved it. I did. I, I loved the peek behind the curtain at Michael Jordan, but he was everything I wanted him to be. Super competitive. Yeah. I mean, obviously he was our era era. You know, I mean I I graduated college eighty two and obviously, you know, he was Carolina eighty three and so you just followed him in college and the NBA and uh it really was it was fascinating really just to see and you know, how Phil Jackson navigated every single thing. It was unique to me is my one of my biggest mentors, one of my great friends, Tim Ploy, is the one who followed Phil Jackson. Mm. You know, so Tim knows all the stories. He knows where all the stories are. And so I've heard a lot of them, you know, after that whole group left, because Tim was the head coach. He's really almost a sacrificial lamb, you know, because everybody left. Everybody left. And, uh, you know, and Tim didn't really have a great roster for, for the two or three years. Got paid a bunch of money. Didn't have a great <laughs> roster from the Bulls. Yeah, I can think of worse things than to get paid a lot to not do good. I mean, I'd, I'd be okay yeah. with it. I'd eat whatever to get paid that kind of money. Dennis Rodman would not be a great Kermit Davis player. That wouldn't fit very well, would you? <laughs> God, I'd love to have him between the lines because yeah? the yeah. way he played, you know. But it, it was amazing just how you know, there were stories that they hired a guy named Jack Haley. He's an old he's a player at UCLA. I think he had a little stint with the Bulls, and all he did was he was supposed to follow Rodman around. That didn't come out in the last dance, I don't think. <laughs> but really the only person that controlled him was 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 Jordan, you know. But, boy, when he got it teed up and he got in between those lines, I'm telling you, it took a different cap to, to coach him. You know, Phil Jackson was the right guy and Jordan was the right guy with him. It may not have worked on anything, but I tell you what you can say about Dennis Rodman. Boy, he won, didn't he? Got he impact winning. Mm-hmm. You forget how much he did win, you know, with the Pistons and then include that with the Bulls. His ability to rebound a second to none. Real quick, before we get out of here, 2021 recruiting, um, how's it going? What's kind of the schedule now? With the coronavirus and the dead period and all that kind of stuff, how do you balance all of it? Yeah, you know, we've done Zooms with all probably our top 20, 21s, you know, and still got a couple we're trying to, to fit in. June 15th, Ben, is the first time that we can uh, call uh, 22s. So that'll be the first time we'll have about 22 to 25 guys that we'll call in that class the first day, maybe a few more. Uh, we're going to circle back around with some more Zoom calls of class of 20 to 21. You know, so now think about it, Ben. You know, okay, obviously high school is a really important piece to, to us growing our program. But, you know, you got to start thinking about these, you know, the one-time transfer the next year and what experience is going to be available. And it really is. It's going to be – I, I can't explain to you what the world's fixing to come to in college basketball. I'm serious. And then you factor in that G League piece of just what happened, you know, and now say, now you think about Kentucky, Duke, whoever now are trying to fight over those top 15 guys, you know, are those guys going to turn down three to $500,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what the G league did with the guy that signed with Nick at UCLA signed him early went boom and, and often and got him. That's got to be scary. So does now do a lot of division one schools not take as many high school guys early waiting to improve, in the transfer market, do the do the lower level schools now get the, the lot better high school player than they've ever gotten in their life because of maybe other schools waiting on transfers? Okay, so now the the, the lower level, no, I'm <clears throat> bumping around here, but now you think uh, schools in the Sun Belt Conference USA, Southland, good good leagues, 
a son, they get the best high school player. How long can they keep, you know, if he goes and averages 13 or 14 a game. So it it really is. I I don't think people really understand what's fixing to happen in college basketball and college football. It's, it's going to be like, I'm going to be curious to see when the one-time transfer rule goes in, how many depth charts you guys are going to report in football in the fall. I'm going to see. I'm going to bet zero. There's going to be, I tell you what, we're going to have a lot of game time decisions. What do you think? Oh. I think it's going to be game time decisions, man. Remember how it's old? Everybody wait for the depth chart. Yeah, they all want the depth chart. Fans love depth oh, charts. Oh, I, I, I grew up in the SEC, so I just I looked at everyone's depth chart. Who's a who's starter quarterback? Who's, yeah. Let me tell you, I think there's going to be a lot of game time decisions in September. <laughs> I really do. Real quick. <laughs> so, <laughs> what do you have to get in 2021? You know, we, we really need a point guard. We really need a point. Uh, obviously losing uh, Devontae, so that's a huge priority. Uh, you know, right now, you know, we'd have uh, Devontae, Demencio, Adine, and Romello, four seniors. You know, so say a perfect world, you have four guys, I would see, you know, at me to sign two really quality guards and uh, sign, a, sign a good forward big you know, and then just maybe best available. Kind of depends on your roster and uh, and the flexibility of what happens. Well, navigating the new world will be fascinating, but I'm sure you'll still find time to fish. But thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate you. <laughs> I'll talk again. All right. Thank you, Ben. I appreciate you having me on, buddy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.